0: Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today it is my privilege to welcome a very accomplished professional entrepreneur and author Gauri Choudhury. Gauri, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Gauri is the co-founder of Brand Inner World. She is the author of a book titled The Perfect Pill. And she has been the head of FCB Ulka's healthcare practice. So, Gauri, tell me, what would you say are three key milestones in your life or career?
1: Yeah, I think my first milestone was uh, after I completed my beef farm, and uh, everybody was either flying uh, to the US or, Mm -hmm. you know, or or were doing something in the country, uh, their research and stuff like that. I said no, I don't know what I want to really do and I said I'm just going to take a break and I'm talking about something like 25 uh, years back. Nice. There is no reason why a student should take break. I mean either t- uh, you know, uh, study here or study abroad but right. then uh, I took a break. I became a sales uh, person in the market. I wanted to just figure out uh, what are the various options in the corporate world mm-hmm. and I took a decision that I want to do management. Now, a pharma graduate doing management studies was not that common as right. it is today. Uh, and that was my first milestone. And I said, no, I will not do something that I don't like. Hmm. I will wait uh, to discover what I like. So that was my first uh, milestone. Hmm. After joining MBA college and then, then life was very different. So the next one was working in pharmaceutical industry, working as a uh, you know, marketing person, brand manager, moving around in the country, understanding country.
0: So, which companies I, did you work for?
1: Okay, uh, so my initial campus recruitment happened with Boringer Mannheim. Okay. Then I moved, which, is, which was a German company. Mm-hmm. Then I moved on to Canal, which is known as Abbott today. Yeah. So, so I was with Abbott for uh, five years, and mm-hmm. then there came a third milestone, which was another very important one, when I said no, I would join the um, uh, advertising agency. And the reasons were very uh, personal, like, uh, because as a marketing person, I was traveling almost, uh, you know, uh, a week or 10 days in a month. Mm-hmm. And with a small child at home, I said, no, I really don't, what, that those dilemmas. And I said, no, I just don't want to leave my baby and travel. So I happened to figure out that in advertising, they were just starting their healthcare department and a lot of patented products were expected to come. Uh, we had international, uh, like FCB Ulka had international alliances and they wanted someone to head that particular division. So it just uh, suited pretty well. And then again, you no know, looking back, so the journey has been wonderful. How long
0: did you spend with uh, FCB Ulka?
1: Uh, 12 years. Something that was really difficult uh, for a person like me to settle in one place that mm. long. But the work is so exciting in advertising that every day you're doing something different and new. Um, So, uh, it was a wonderful uh, thing
0: there. So, then you set up Brand Inner World.
1: That's right.
0: Okay, so let's talk about Brand Inner World now. Yeah. Tell me about this venture.
1: Yes. So, like I moved forward in advertising, uh, we had best of the clients internationally in India and a lot of learning was happening. My responsibilities at home were also increasing. Uh, Because I had my second child and uh, you know, uh, they were growing and somewhere as a mother, I wanted to make that choice. Not that my children wanted me at home or they were well taken care of with people around and all that. But I said, no, I want to do something where time is in my own hand. Uh, because I always believe time is a non-renewable renewable resource and uh, you know there are times in a very typical organization you're spending time not because you are really contributing but you're required to be there. Mm-hmm. I still remember one meeting uh, it went on and on for the whole day and my friend asked me what did you do today and I said I just depleted oxygen today sitting in that room you know, because it wasn't really something that I was uh, really required for, but being part of that team, I was there, and I said, "No, this is not something I really want to do. Mm. I I would rather spend that time with my children." But of course, mm. professionally, I didn't want to not do anything, so I then started inner world, uh, and uh, I was so fortunate that most of the clients, which were FCB Ulka's clients, uh, through FCB Ulka came to me. Sometimes uh, you know they directly came, but of course there was no conflict of interest mm. there. So, if C B was very happy that I was also on those particular uh, oh. accounts, so, so it just fitted well.
0: Wonderful. So, Gauri, tell me, you know, brand in the world basically focuses on healthcare brands, That's
1: right?
0: Okay. So, with all the restrictions that are there on promoting healthcare, how does one build a successful pharma brand?
1: Basically, you know, uh, from a slight distance, it appears uh, that pharma world is different. Mm. Uh, it's because the names of the molecules are different and the doctors are the, cl- uh, the customers. Sometimes you can't reach out to patients mm. with brand name, it appears different. Mm. But just scratch that l- layer of the top layer and you realize that every brand is almost the same, mm. whichever industry it comes from. And more so in Indian pharmaceutical industry, where our laws actually are different from international world. Mm-hmm. For example, we have this something called branded generic, which is our own coinage. Right. You know, uh, because a lot of people laugh, they say, what is branded generics? But we have this concept where one molecule can have multiple brands right. under the same molecule and you are allowed to promote them as brand names. And that gives tremendous opportunity to actually uh, treat these brands as brands. And therefore, um, you know, kind of you, you can actually cater to a particular segment in the market. Mm. It's only in our country, there are brands even today being number one, uh, despite being in the market for 40 years. Nowhere in the Western world where patented pr- uh, brands uh, are promoted. Right. Uh, not a single brand after 10 years stays as a brand but here we have an opportunity just treat it as a brand and with this very single simple um, uh, way that you are here to uh, reduce the pain point of your customer and that is your doctor and patient though at times you can't reach out to patient but keeping that patient at the center and then everything else is the same.
0: So you know when I used to when I used to, uh, when I founded Guardian Pharmacy and I was building it uh, as a brand I've often said that the pharmaceutical industry is a very strange industry as far as branding is concerned. It's the only industry where the brand owner has no connection with its customer. They spend their entire marketing dollar on the doctor.
1: That's true. Right? That's true. How, how does the
0: industry reconcile to this incredible difference where the owner of the brand has, does not know what the customer wants. They focus all money, uh, energy on the person who will write the prescription.
1: Yeah, I'll give you one small example and something that we very recently did in a brand in a world. You know, Yes, we don't directly reach out to the patient because we are not allowed. Brand name should not be exposed to the patient. But in the end, the doctor is a successful doctor if and only if he takes care of his patient. Hmm. Therefore, predominantly doctor's needs are uh, uh, dictated by patient needs. To hmm. so, just give you an example, simple thing in the market, uh, there are a lot of tiny pills. So if you see in the psychiatric market, uh, uh, the dosage is very small. So your pills are tiny. Now a psychiatrist tells the patient that break it. Hmm. You have to take one fourth because you know, there are side effects and you're not supposed to start the big dose immediately. So you titrate it up. And uh, in the end, there are a lot of companies which were still having tiny uh, tablets. So we actually went and said that just do one small differentiation, one small innovation, just add fillers and make your tablet bigger. Mm-hmm. And that itself became a big um, a differentiating point and doctor started immediately prescribing it. Mm-hmm. No, it did govern from the patient side. So around that time when we were we were working on this project, we talked to a lot of patients. We actually track a lot of patient journeys, actually, mm-hmm. and put them back into communication to doctors. Okay. Uh, in the end, the doctor is, if I'm I am allowed to use a word, he's a businessman. He's into business to satisfy his patients, sure. uh, and therefore uh, his requirements are often governed by patient requirements. So mm. the pricing, sometimes the packaging, sometimes the formulation itself. Everything, everything is governed by
0: that. Very interesting. Okay. So, you know, when, when you, you just mentioned that brands, whether in the pharma world or in the non-pharma world, if you scratch the first layer, are similar. Yeah. The FMCG brands are getting very dramatically affected by what's happening in the digital world. What is happening to pharma brands?
1: Here as well, digital has uh, made its inroads and it's a new economy, uh, which is coming into the picture. Uh, For example, teleconsultation, we never thought it is going to be so big. Uh, Though for the last two decades, there have been telehealth practices happening, more so in rural India. And today, thanks to also some of the laws government quickly took because of COVID, uh, today, face-to-face interaction with doctor can be optional depending on the situation the patient is in. Hmm. Uh, But it's absolutely working well. I just finished one survey amongst the patients and 70% of the patients said that in future, if we get a chance uh, Hmm. to interact with doctor virtually, we are very happy so and because that's happening now everything is reoriented itself around it so we have now better and better digital tools which a patient can have at home so tomorrow we may have couple of things like today we have bp machines and maybe diabetes control uh, but diabetes um, uh, uh, blood sugar testing machines tomorrow you will have ecg you will have you know sonography kind of small app in the house and all that is possible so that's one thing in digital world. Second thing is ch- what is changing is e-pharmacies. We have seen such a big change in people behavior where initially they were not so comfortable with e-pharmacies. Today they are and both these things are is uh, are going to have huge impact the way healthcare brands are built uh, and therefore it's something very important uh, that everyone acknowledges.
0: So you know just a short while ago you spoke about branded generics there are two related questions to you for this number one there is some kind of a resistance from doctors to bring in generics because when the doc when the government says right the salt only uh, there is resistance but more importantly this whole concept of branded generics uh, what are these things doing to the prices of medicines which is the primary objective of the government, I mean, the drug price control order wants prices to be dropped.
1: Yeah, that's true. So there are again, you know, I I think both government, people, public at large, the media houses at large, are looking at this problem very simplistically. Mm -hmm. Branding is not as simple and generic is not as simple as that. For example, When doctor gives a particular medicine to his patients, Mm. he takes up the responsibility of the quality. Hypothetically, something happens to the patient, first patient catches neck of the doctor. Of course, if it blows out of proportion, then media will come into the picture. The pharma company will come into the picture. But if it doesn't happen simple, I'm expecting the patient to get relief. And suppose it XYZ generic hasn't given. Then you know, the, so the entire concept of brand happens because it's a, a promise of a quality or promise of some benefit. Now you're taking it away from uh, from uh, from a product which is so close to your heart. Your health is so very important that you taking away that promise is is something in in my mind is not correct. When we want our shirt to be branded, we don't want our medicine to be branded. It's a little bit of a question mark and whether it would work exactly that way. In the system given here, we don't have payers. We don't have insurance companies pushing us here. In the Western world, it's probably possible because someone else is paying. But if my shirt is to be branded, but my medicine should not be. That's one. Secondly, a lot of doctors are saying that fine, generic is great, but price is not the only driving factor. Of course, we have a huge population here which requires cheaper medicine and they should be absolutely made available. Yet, there are also segments which will look for additional features in the same brand a simple thing like like insulin so many people in this country are on insulin but there are people who need insulin pens which are so very easy to inject so if you are a managing director of a company you can't really take vial and take that insulin out you need a pen you take it out from your uh, uh, your pocket and you inject yourself So But maybe and there will be premium for that. But there will be people who are ready to take it for a while. So one is that don't look at it as one mass market. Start segmenting. Secondly, if you're saying generic, if if industry starts talking about generic, which is, you know, in the end, generic from XYZ company uh, comes into the picture. When I talk to doctors, doctors say, I don't mind generic, but I will prefer a generic coming from top 10 companies or something. Then what are you doing? You are in a way branding, no? You are saying generic from this company, the branding has happened at the corporate
0: level. Very well.
1: In fact, yeah, and in fact, I'm seeing that trend very, very clearly coming. I don't know how many people are really talking about it, but I do see a lot of big companies today are advertising at a corporate level, which wasn't happening pre COVID. But post COVID they are. So tomorrow if they come up with their own typical generic with Prefix of their company mm. name. Mm. We are still talking about brands because we will be paying. Patients will be paying, and not the payer. So we still will have that option of going for say X Y Z company versus A B C. Then it well. the is branding.
0: Well said. So let's move to uh, your book, the perfect pill. Tell me about the book.
1: Because I spent lot many years in advertising and FCB Ulka, it was a company which had the best of the FMCG brands. Uh, very informally, uh, I got acquainted. Very typically, uh, typically it so happens in a big organization when you are multiple uh, clients, mm-hmm. and the the, the the structure is not rigid. So you are part of most of the teams. So I realized that whatever the the way FMCG brands are built, the way say. Uh, other brands are built, best brands are, the, are built in this country. Those principles can be applied to all the healthcare brands. Mm-hmm. And in my 12 year span, I started using those principles, doing those things. And basically, uh, you know, trying to uh, have kind of a model so mm-hmm. that the brands would do well. And we had best of the Indian and multinational pharma companies as our clients. So whenever I use those principles, they were working and then as i moved in brand inner world my entire focus became that process that how can we actually get insights out from the market and put it into uh, product development service development building that brand further so so innovation management kind of a thing and that's how uh, i thought it's important that i write about it uh, you know and i wrote that book
0: okay and you know when i was reading about you you have made a reference to something called a strong healthcare brand. Yeah. What does that mean?
1: Yeah. So, typically, every brand once gets identity becomes a brand. Any product having an identity okay. is a brand. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in the pharma industry, our brands are very small. Okay. If I say the XYZ brand in pharma is 100 crores, I would say, oh, wow, 100 crore brand. But 100 crore is such a small number when you look around. So why stop at 100 crores? So there is a need that you go way beyond that and take the full potential. So just, just by saying my brand is like 10 crore brand is also saying happily, oh, I achieved 10 crores. But I mean, that you, you because you are just 10 crores, you cannot do a lot of things which a 400 crore brand can do. So therefore the word a strong brand, I mean, just don't talk about brand, but having a stronger brand in the market, uh, which I has you know all the benefits of brand
0: understand. Uh, let's talk about your app. You developed an app for dermatologists and orthopedics. What does this app do?
1: Yeah, this happened sometime back and it happened with my uh, partner's Media Medic which is another company mm-hmm. and that was the time and it happened something like five, six years back. That was a time when we didn't have enough digital platforms to take uh, healthcare brands or pharma brands directly to doctors, mm-hmm. and we thought that app would be an absolute uh, is a is a way where we actually engage doctor communities. Mm-hmm. Now we see a lot of such things already available in the market, but this happened something like seven years back, and we said uh, why not create it? Uh, luckily, the associations of dermatologists and orthopedic were also interested, mm-hmm. so they became partners and they said why don't you develop it for us? And mm-hmm. we actually as a collaborative effort. Actually made this app, where latest news uh, and the latest latest things in that particular field Mm. was available on the mobile platform to the doctors. So, uh, so it was way ahead of time that time. So there were certain struggles we went through, uh, but it was a wonderful experience.
0: So, I'll come to the last segment uh, of my chat with you, which is some questions for you personally. You know, you've had such a great career. You know, what pharmaceutical companies. Advertising company, build your own company. What does success mean to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, actually, I was thinking about this question, and honestly speaking, uh, if I really be honest, success for me, seeing um, you know, happy clients. I have been in servicing industry, even when I was in pharma industry, doctors in a way were our clients because they are not buying our products. So, I don't know, somehow my success was always on a ba- daily basis and it was only that happiness and that aha moment, mm-hmm. how much ever I would try to tell myself no success really need not just be so narrow and so constrained but that's it, it that's all. So uh, I, my simple thing always to any of my clients is saying if you think I can add value, I'll come on board but if you think I'm not going to add any value, uh, just I mean leave it, let's not waste each other's time and money. And if in the end of entire project, if I feel that I've not contributed, I'm always open and saying that, look, okay, look, I mean, if you don't want to really pay me for this, thankfully, I don't have such overheads. My time and talent is my most biggest cost. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with that. Okay. So I don't know if it sounds right for person no, 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 to talk like this, but no, okay. All answer. I want is for that. Wonderful.
0: And, you know, you keep doing so many different things. Where do you draw your inspiration from?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, the inspiration comes from people I really admire. And I was very fortunate to get associated with people who have been these people. I mean, I, I if I, I can't stop, uh, you know, if I start naming them, but all of them had one thing I saw in them, the passion and the way they all worked. So uh, one of my mentors, early mentors, one lady told me, my senior, she had said that uh, Gauri, if you don't feel like coming to office in row for three days, take a pause and say, is something going wrong? And if it continues for a week, then just take one day off and just figure out. Mm. Because if you're not bringing that passion to your job, mm. then you're not really contributing. Mm. So, uh, so, So that was an early advice coming from her. And when I looked at my Most of my bosses otherwise were male bosses and, uh, you know, the kind of passion they had for their work. That's what. No, that's terrific.
0: My next question to you is is a question on failure. You know, we all fail. We all learn. My question to you is what has been your learning from your mistake or failure?
1: which is my very recent learning uh, Mm -hmm. from failures. Uh, Previously, I don't know if I would have reacted but today if I fail and that terrible feeling, first of all is that feeling that comes uh, it's like oh god and then self-blame happens and then sometimes you know when you say no no it's not my fault that person's fault whatever whatever. Mm -hmm. I just start telling myself give three days Mm -hmm. on the fourth day you're not going to feel this bad. So okay what you're feeling is perfect. And I do feel all that but it's just one line I tell myself on the fourth day it won't be this bad and uh, I just find then myself trading over I mean particularly I think you only said last time somebody who writes a book uh, you think is a very brave person Absolutely. so when I when I wrote that book I didn't know whether I was brave or something there was something I wanted to say to my field and a colleague and everyone I wrote it but after writing it I really now appreciate that line Hmm. And there are times somebody, somebody would say something, luckily, I got all the praise for the book and I'm so thankful to the world for that. But you know, there are times someone says and I said, okay, three days and on the fourth day, I'm not going to feed. Oh, well, that's bad.
0: Yeah, I must remember the three-day principle that you have. And my last question to you now, Gauri, if you were a role model to millions of children who closely followed your life choices, what is the one thing you would change in yourself?
1: Yeah, I would change it, but not in this lifetime, maybe sometime later. My my decisions are more from the emotional part of it. So the very fact that I, or I don't really increase my overheads. Uh, the reason is that I don't want business rules to guide it. So I feel it's not a great idea. So if you're in a the business, then you should do it like a business but my work doesn't happen so i still remember uh, there are times that some exciting project comes to me and i start working on it mm-hmm. and then it is someone you know in the in my company in my small company reminds me but you haven't even signed uh, you know agreement mm-hmm. nothing has happened mm-hmm. and by then i would have spent a lot of my time just digging myself in it mm-hmm. and that's so foolish so uh, and then, some uh, after three, four days, it may happen that the client may tell me, "Oh, we actually thought we would go ahead this month, but now something, something happened, and we'll do it after maybe five months." Mm-hmm. So, so, so I guess that's not. Yeah. A, but then, if I stop myself and waiting for a very business rule kind of thing, I don't think I give my hundred percent. That spur of the moment, what you get when you are into it, mm-hmm. is phenomenal. So I wouldn't change it now, but maybe I don't think that's right. Too. That's
0: wonderful, Gauri. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you and I wish you lots of success.
1: Thank you so much. It was my pleasure and my honor to be guest on your panel and uh, thank you so
0: much. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You, videocast and podcast. A platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world.